0: What's going on guys? My name is Jeremy Graves. I'm a level three certified CrossFit trainer and former CrossFit affiliate owner. I would like to welcome you to the Elevate Trainer Development Podcast. I've been a full-time trainer for over 10 years now and I've worked with everyone from pro athletes to 90 plus year old seniors. As a member of the CrossFit HQ training staff, I have access to some of the best coaches within our fitness industry. Join us each week as we discuss everything that leads to being a better trainer. We hope you leave educated, inspired, and most importantly, elevated. new heights. Hey, welcome back, guys. This is episode five of the Elevate Trainer Development Podcast. We are rolling right along here. What a funky time it is in the world. We are right here in the middle of this coronavirus quarantine, and the world is just, it's like everything's been turned upside down. So I think everybody's a little stressed out and trying to find ways to stay motivated. And as trainers, I think sometimes... We can forget that, um, you know, we are leaders out in the community and it's not just sometimes those um, typical roles like, you know, police or firefighters or military or politicians that people gravitate towards. It's, it's, it's a strong personality that can show positivity and hope and some sort of way to cope with everything and I I think trainers are perfectly set up to be that for people. So um, as, as everyone, including us, tries to find a way to make it through this thing, just think about that. Remember that you guys are leaders in the community, so um, you have a platform, use it. Um, what we're going to do today is we're going to start a five-part series where, like I said in the intro episode, we're going to talk about the five key attributes of a great trainer. And I've said before that there's lots of attributes, I mean tons, that go into making a great trainer. These are just what we have identified at Elevate Trainer Development to be a critical set of five pillar attributes that everything else will be built on top of. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. and we're going to break up those five attributes into a, a five-part series. So each episode over the next five weeks, weeks, we'll talk about one of those key attributes. So this week will be care and empathy. So before we get into all the details of everything, again, I just want to thank everybody for listening and welcome those of you who are listening for maybe the first time we've done Four episodes. We did a welcome episode. We talked about um, programming. We did a COVID nineteen, um, a COVID nineteen breakdown and response, where we talked about um, what the training landscape looks like right now and what it might look like in the future. Um, that was our that was our fourth episode. So if you're thinking about how to make your way through this crazy time. Maybe go back and listen to that fourth episode. Um we also talked about um doing workouts as prescribed and what it means to do a workout as prescribed or do a workout RX and why um you really need to be careful of using that prescription or RX term and making sure people understand exactly what it means. So we've covered uh we've covered a lot of different things so far and we've got a lot to go. So um, if this is your first time, thanks. If you have been listening this whole time, I know there's a lot of a lot of you who have been reaching out to me who have been listening since we put out our first one, and it just means so much to me. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. I hope this is helping. Continue to reach out, continue to ask questions, continue to interact with us on social media. This is this is all new to us, so we have a lot of things like we, we've been mentioning that are being built right now. A website, um, a mentorship program. Um, basically we're going to be doing an entire virtual offering out of the gym here and showing a lot of practical examples of the things we talk about, um, in these video training sessions and all that is, is being built and it's underway and we're excited to get it going. So those of you who have been listening, thanks again. And, uh, we appreciate you uh, making this whole thing happen. Um, so Let's get right into things. So we said we were going to be doing this in a five-part series. There were, as I mentioned in our first episode, five key attributes of a great trainer. And if you follow us on social media, we, we posted a, a picture listing these five. And what we're going to do is we're going to break up each element into its own episode so we can talk about it and give it its due attention. And um, let those conversations um, really go in any kind of direction they need to. And hopefully, they, they spark a little bit of conversation on some social media after they're released. Because I would really like to talk about um, and talk with people about how they see these elements at play in their lives and in the relationships they've built with their clients. So, Let's go over what these five attributes of a great trainer are. Again, this is um, a platform that we have developed at Elevate Trainer Development, and it's what we believe everything else is built on. Obviously, again, there are many key factors and attributes that a trainer needs to have to do their job well and interact with their clients well. And other companies or other services might put some other things above some of the things we have listed. We're not saying that this is right and they're wrong or anything like that. This is just what we believe. In our opinion, after you know over 10 years of doing this, everything else can be built on top of. And those five attributes are care and empathy, a sound knowledge base, a positive uplifting attitude, Continual self-development and having an open mind. Now, those five don't necessarily have to be in any specific order, but what we're going to start with is this concept um, called empathy. So, the the first thing that I think is important to notice about empathy is this is this is like a life skill, right? And There are people who are way better about showing empathy than others. Like, for example, my wife um, is an incredibly empathetic person. She can't help but feel what someone else is feeling and relate to them um, as they're going through something. And you can see it on her. Like, it wears on her, right? I mean, she's just... It, it, she doesn't have to work at it or anything like that it's just it's real it's there she cares other folks and and I have had to work on this and there's been some things in my life that have made uh, made me have to focus on this maybe even a little bit more but I've had to work on it and it shows up um, not just in how I interact with my clients but it but in my day-to-day life, my life with my wife, with my ki- with my daughter, with my friends, right? It's a life skill that we need to work on. Let Let's talk about what empathy is. The definition of empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. So let's kind of break that down. It actually doesn't have anything to do with you, right? It's Having an interaction with somebody where they're feeling a certain kind of way and you have an, uh, you have an ability to recognize that they feel some sort of way, process it and act accordingly. Um, whether that's to help them through that feeling or help them through that time or just be there to support them and say that you understand how they feel you relate to how they feel and just listen but it's your ability to process the emotions of another person and then we'll take it one step further it maybe it's not even just uh, process it but react appropriately right to how they're feeling so Let's talk about, now that we understand what it is, let's talk about how it works its way into what we do and, and how we do our job. So the first thing is this. I, I would say our whole career, our whole job is based off of this principle, right? We have this foundation of service to others that everything stands on if you think about it. If you're doing this for the right reasons, if you're doing this because you just like spending time in the gym and you want to work out all day and in between you are going to train some clients to make a little bit extra money or earn your free gym membership, then you are not, you're probably not in line with what it is we're talking about here. And I'm not saying you can't learn to be or that you can't eventually be, but at that point in time, you are not aligned with with what we're talking about, and we're not really speaking to that sort of individual. The individual we're talking to is the professional trainer who really wants to do this well and learn how to do it better, and, and they probably are, are, they're either trying to get into this business or they've been in, in it for a little while. Again, we're, we're just trying to learn how to sharpen our skills. So your entire why is built on this concept of, of service, servicing others, helping others overcome obstacles, reach goals, do things that they feel are impossible, um, change their lives for the better. It's the entire reason that we do what we do, right? This concept of service. So in terms of how empathy shows up, hopefully our our practice is built on it. And how does it express itself? Your daily interactions are going to call for empathy, so, there's a few different ways this whole thing goes. I remember being a new trainer and just getting started, right? I mean, just getting my first few personal training clients. This is back in, I mean, 2009. Yeah. 2000 and yeah around 2009 and I, I'm i just starting to learn how to be a trainer and I get I remember I was a my first client was a young girl she was an athlete she was a college soccer player she was home for the summer and I mean when I was first getting started she was an athlete we sat down we talked I kind of knew what she was looking to get out of things and every workout I just wanted to smash her. I wanted her to be like, "Oh my God, that was so damn hard." Haven't ever done anything like that. That that was my main thing. In the middle of the workout, as long as she wasn't getting hurt, or you know, she wasn't, you know, I, I basically like well, kind of wanted to do no harm, but bring her to the as close to the edge and, and and challenge her as much as I could. It didn't really have a lot to do with the what and the why and and really forming a relationship with her or trying to understand that um understand how she was working that day whether she had a bad it was a bad session or she wasn't feeling good that day or something was going on in her personal life like none of those none of that was part of the equation right over time that has completely flip-flopped so now I mean, we're talking about, you know, 11 going on 12 years later. I mean, it, everything to me is about what's going on in a person's life on a macro level and a micro level. So, like, what's going on in their life on a day-to-day level when I see them every day? But also, like, I know what's going on on the on the in the bigger picture, too. Are they getting a divorce? Are they battling some depression? Have they been heavy their whole life? Have they never been in shape, right? Did they just, you know, lose a, a loved one? These things all make up, um, all add to the environment that, that person's going to be living in when you see them. So every time you interact with them, you need to know what's going on in their world. That's going to help to frame your demeanor, the way you talk to them, the questions you ask them. I think the biggest part of having and showing some empathy is just asking questions and not giving instructions all the time. All right. We're going to talk about this in a minute, but you're in a relationship with this person and you're not just there to tell them what to do. We're adults. Even if you're an adult and they're a kid, that I mean, you're forming a relationship with them and if there's a teenager and they're a high school athlete or something like that, and, and you have a lot of influence over that person's life, and it's your job to build them up. Let them know you care about them, and it's a safe place. So maybe just start with asking questions, and you'll get to the root of some of those life situations we talked about. And So I would say that's step one, just ask questions and know what's going on in the world that that person lives in. The other way this expresses itself on a daily basis is just understand how certain things you ask them to do, uh, how that feels for them to try it, practice it, learn it, fail it. Like, What is it like for someone else to try these things? I can tell you right now. This is what I was talking about when I had a life-altering experience, and it made me really pump the brakes and realize how hard some things are for most people. So first time I wanted to do a muscle-up, I just hopped up, I saw someone do it, and I tried it, and I did it. Running you know, a mile, or doing a 400-meter sprint, or picking up weights, you just kind of watch it, and over time you learn it. But I never really struggled with anything. I mean, certain high-skill movements you take some time and some practice, right? I played sports in, in school growing up. Didn't have a lot of trouble with most things I tried physically. So when I would work with somebody who would struggle with certain things, There was a level of compassion and trying and a desire to help a person through this. But there was a bit, I would say, of a ceiling to that. Like, especially when I was younger, that had its... There was probably a limit on that. And to a certain extent, once... Really, and if we want to be real about this, you know, we've talked about this before. Once my skills ran out and I reached my threshold, you kind of get a little frustrated. You don't understand. Like, I don't understand why can't this person get this. Like maybe they're just not trying. Or when it comes to eating and they can't sit there, they won't stick with a diet. Or they, you know, you're asking them to do this workout and they're in the, the thick of it. And they're just struggling and you're getting frustrated or yelling or you don't think they're trying if you don't take your ability and put it to the side, you'll never really understand what it means when someone is like someone who's severely overweight, okay, over a hundred pounds overweight, hundred fifty pounds, two hundred pounds overweight, and you've got them on the ground doing sit-ups or mountain climbers or anything, and they're just breathing, crying telling you it hurts let me tell you something it hurts and you're not just there to say come on one more count your reps or you know just be there to push them you're there to understand feel what they're going through and help them get through it appropriately but show that you understand and it will also help frame what it is you're asking them to do so that that's appropriate also. And what I'm talking about right now is I I told you what it was like for me before about a year and a half ago and then about a year and a half ago I decided to drive a motorcycle right into the back of a car at about 65 miles an hour and broke everything on the left side of my body. So, I went from being able to, I mean, I weighed 170 pounds. I could clean and jerk 300 pounds. I could snatch almost 250 pounds. You know, I could do any workout pretty much. We talked about the, the as-prescribed concept. You know, if you asked me to do something a certain kind of way, I could do it. Any sort of movement or that needed to be shown. Hey, this is how you do it. I could do it. Then all of a sudden, let alone exercise... I didn't know if I'd be walking on my own again. My life was turned completely upside down. I broke my femur. I broke my fibula, and my tibia. I broke my left collarbone. I broke my radius and ulna. Now I have a plate in my collarbone. I have a plate in my radius and my ulna. My femur has a metal rod going from the top to the bottom. My tibia has a metal rod going from the top to the bottom. I broke my right elbow like Every, I had dropped foot. I still, on my left leg, have severe nerve damage and don't have complete motor control of my left foot. My entire life was turned upside down. And let me tell you something. Trying to get moving again, I remember the first day I tried to walk. And the physical therapist wrapped a belt around me and had me stand up. And they made me... I mean, I'd been out of surgery like... I'd been out of surgery maybe, at this point, I think maybe 10 days. And they had me walking on this completely broken, surgically repaired, like, 10 days later. Like, it's all changed now. It's, like, up and moving right away. And I was just crying. It hurt so bad. And I remember seeing the PT's face, or I guess it was an OT, her face as she held me up on this belt And just slowly kept inching me along. And when I needed to stop, stop. it's the first time I really, number one, I felt physically challenged. Number two, I I knew that it was hurting her to help me do this. But she had to keep moving me. Then Carrie, you know, fast forward months. And uh, I get out of my wheelchair and I start moving again. And... I mean, an air squat, a push-up, these things would make me cry. I couldn't do anything without tremendous pain, tremendous effort, any sort of, if I tried to like, okay, I'm going to do a little bit of like exercise and try to get myself out of breath as I started to heal, you know, months and months and months later, everything was just so hard. I mean workouts that would have been a warm up before, would just bring me to my knees. I would, I would, I mean, out of shape. That I wasn't in any sort of there was zero level of capacity. I was completely starting over, and I was so depressed. I mean, completely devastated. No motivation. And at the, the whole time I had a wife, I had a daughter. I mean, it was just, it was horrible. And let me remind everybody, there are people who feel like this every day and they might've had an accident or they might be overweight or they just might not respond to adversity very well, physical adversity anyways. And they feel, Feel like this on a daily basis and they have sought you out to help them through it and this isn't like a perception of discomfort or pain I'm talking about it I it took my breath away it hurts so bad and I had to inch my way back to even where I am now And what it made me understand is that people are going through this. And and when somebody says something hurts, it hurts. And some people have to be taken by the hand and just inched along. And when they need somebody to be there, you might be the only one that's there that they can talk to about this. And I'm not saying... You know, that if someone's broken up with their boyfriend, you got to sit there and talk to them about it because they're emotional about it. I'm saying you need to understand that just because things are easy for you to come by, movements and exercises are easy for you, it might be climbing Mount Everest for someone else. And this accident completely changed my entire frame of reference when it came to prescribing exercise for those who weren't in the same boat as me, right? I started to really care. And again, not that I didn't care, but this was to a whole nother level. Now I started to really, and almost seek out people who thought that this was too much, that they weren't going to ever be able to do Certain things that they were always gonna be heavy, or they were always gonna feel out of shape, or they were always they were too old to start something up, or they're too injured to do this. Like if you go about it the proper way, there isn't anybody you can't help. You can help you again, you can inch them along, you can show them the way, you can show them compassion, you can think about what it feels like to be them doing that right then. It changed everything for me. It was forced, you know. I didn't get it from reading a book or anything like that, or you know, doing you know personality quizzes. It was, you know, a, a punch in the mouth and said, "This is who you are now. This is what your life is like now." And I realized there's a lot of people who are dealing with the same thing, but maybe didn't have the traumatic experience to bring it along. So it changed everything for me. So it's again, it started to. It started to become the framework of how I built all my. Well, once I processed my own, you know, feelings, and I started to get on, back on my feet and and take myself through this process because basically I had to be my own coach through this process. And don't get me wrong, I'm I'm still working through this process every day. I have these little victories and I try to celebrate them, because. I'm still getting back on my feet, but it has now become the framework that my relationships with my clients are built on. I try to I try to really get the big picture. and when I'm working with somebody, I'm watching. I'm, I'm paying attention to how they're acting, how they're responding to exercises. I'm asking a lot of questions. I'm not saying that, I mean, sometimes you work with high level people, so I'm not saying you have to um, be able to do everything the same way your clients are able to do it, but you better know and think about how this is going to make them feel, what it's going to do to them physically and mentally, because they got to come back tomorrow, they need to go to work after that, or they have to go to their families after that, like they have lives, it, you have to think about what you're putting people through how it affects them after they're, they're with you for their hour, hour and a half. In terms of how it affects you and how you do your job when you're not with your clients, um, it's, it's similar to that. You're thinking about everything I just said as you put together the, the programs that you're taking them through and the systems that you're going to utilize to interact with this person. So for example, when you're building their training program, you're thinking about, you're always thinking about the end goal, where they are now, and how you can appropriately take them from point A to B, what's your timeline look like, how training sessions are going to affect them, giving them guidance on what to do after a training session to stay safe and stay healthy, and then also developing a system so that you can stay on top of how they're feeling. And by the system, I just mean like, how do you check in with them? How do you reach out to them? How do you let them know that you're interested in in them, in what they're going through, in how they experience, um, what the experience with you is like, you know, what's your system, your operation, your operational system for engaging with your clients, Do you just call them or do you just show up to the training session and then you train them and they say, okay, see you next week. Do you call them? Do you email them? Do you send them, you know, after action reports? Like, do you, what do you do? Do you text them on the days you don't see them? Do you ask them to send you pictures of, you know, what date? Like, just what's your system? Your system and your program should have empathy and care built into it and 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 again that will carry over it's how you interact with them one-on-one but it it needs to be built into how you're working with that person well I have clients right now um, on the days I see them it's a lot of asking questions again How are you feeling? How did that work out yesterday made you feel? What did you feel like when you woke up? What did you feel like throughout the day? And then on the days I don't see them, I text them. Whether um, it's asking them how they're doing or some words of encouragement or a video to something that I think will motivate them. or I just try to check in with them and let them know I'm thinking about them. And I'm thinking about the things they think about. Because, I mean, it's nice for me to check in with them. Hey, I was thinking about this. But I want them to know I'm thinking about what it is they're concerned about. And that's a big part of building trust. You're trying to make the whole experience very personal, very intimate. We are building a relationship with them. And I touched on that before. Yes, it's a professional relationship. There's boundaries there, but it's, this is not like a, you provide this service. It's very black and white. It's very like you, it's cut and dry. It stops here. It ends there. It's, it's a funky world we're working in because we have to, you have to get to know these people. You have to get to know what drives them, what scares them, what they want out of their life, what they're dealing with in the world. Did they just get fired again, they lost a pet they you know their mother, brother, sister passed away it's I mean there's so many different things if I mean even like if it's a female, are they on their period this week? If it's a guy is his test out? I mean like there are so many different, very intimate facts that affect how we do our job, and we have to know it and ask it all, and we just have to show these people that we care about the progress they're making and the direction they're going in and it has so much more to do with just sets and reps and whether you do crossfit or you know cycle bar or whatever the hell else is out there it doesn't matter it goes so far beyond the program it it starts with what kind of relationship are you fostering and building because i can tell you this also let's look at it from the business standpoint a trainer who builds good relationships with their customers, with their clients, and they become friends with these people with healthy boundaries is going to be a trainer that retains those people. And a trainer that's not building those relationships and fostering those relationships and, sh- and they're not showing care and they're not showing empathy is going to have a lot of turnover and they're not going to get a lot of recommendations from people they've worked with before because that person's just going to be on to someone else. Right, you gotta treat this like you're building a relationship. And if and I'll even go this, I'll take that one step further. If that if you're working with a person and you're not interested in them, if you guys aren't clicking, you aren't vibing, maybe you shouldn't be working with them. And I know that's I mean, sometimes you just gotta we have all worked with problem clients. we I'll talk about that. It's a whole nother episode. I'm not saying that sometimes you don't just grit your teeth or some days you don't grit your teeth and it's not all happy and you love everybody you work with. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if if it's impossible for you to do this with a certain person, maybe you shouldn't be working with them. If you can't do this with anybody, these skills need to be developed and, and you can develop these skills. There are books you can read. There are courses you can take. You can work on empathy. There is a book that I have. Right now, and let me remember what it's called here. I have it right. I have it right here to turn off my internet so that I could, so that I didn't get any calls coming through. The Art of Empathy by Carla McLaren. And it's been good, it's just some simple practices. To help build some of these skills and, and communicate better with people. So like there's books you can read. There's courses you can take. There's the daily practice. I mean, you can, I've done things before, guys, where I write a sticky note and I just say, be nice, ask a question. Like things like that. Actually taking active steps to engage in these sort of things more. Right? You can get better at it. But I just don't want you to be afraid to to turn someone down because it's just not a right fit. So, um, again, you can can learn this stuff. You can get better at it. You you can ask my wife. Hopefully she would say, I'm better now than I have been before. But I'm nowhere near perfect or where I'd like to be, especially with my family because sometimes, and, and I'm notorious for this, sometimes you give so much during the day and you give so much at work that when, when you get home, your family maybe gets the worst. And I know I'm guilty of that. And that's something that I've been working hard on. And it's probably the one of the root reasons I've made a lot of the changes and. In the way I do what I do now, but um, yeah, these are skills that that reach beyond the the client trainer relationship. And these are these are some life skills. So, if we're just gonna kind of review a little bit, guys, we said that empathy was the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. We said that our entire practice should be built on this. We should have a foundation of service that drives what we do and how we interact with our clients. It expresses itself daily in how we interact with our clients in terms of what we what we ask them to do understanding really on an emotional and physical level how it affects them. It it expresses itself behind the scenes by being in the forefront of our focus as we build their programs and develop systems for interacting with our clients and our customers. We understand that the relationships that we're building need to be personal, not just formal and distant. The more personal, again, I'm not saying can't have boundaries, but the more personal we get with these people, the more we understand what's going on in the world they live in, the better we can help them. We said that just because maybe you struggle with something like this right now, it doesn't mean you can't get better. Take active steps. Put sticky notes on your windows. Put them on your steering wheel. Read a book. Right. Talk to somebody. It's going to help you way more than just the relationships you have professionally. It's going to help you with your family. It's going to help you with your friends, people you care about. This is uh, this is big stuff. So... Um, Again, th- this is something that I'm working on every day. Um, it's something that I've I've been working on, and I've gotten better at as as gotten better with um, utilizing as a trainer and as a person as I've gotten older and as time's gone on. Um, but it's something I'm going to keep working on, and I hope that some of this information has helped you guys. Um, again, we're going to talk about the other five, the other four attributes in the next. Uh, four weeks following up with this. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about building a sound knowledge base and learning as much as you can. Uh, then, that positive, uplifting attitude, continual self development, and having an open mind. These, including care and empathy, are the five key elements to being the best trainer you can be. I hope you guys are staying safe through this crazy time. Um, Keep working with your clients, keep asking questions, care about them, let them know that you're there, be a leader. Remember I said that even though you may not realize it, you're somebody that provides inspiration and motivation to people that you interact with on a daily basis. There are people, whether you realize it or not, that are looking to you as an example of maybe how you can make it through even this thing and be happy and sane and make progress on your physical and life goals even in the midst of all this uncertainty and and scariness going around so everybody stay safe stay healthy and we will talk to you next week thanks again